Welcome to the Educate US podcast with your host, Nick Saveri, Dr. Stacy Schultz, and Dr. Patrice Fenton. Three former teachers and administrators talking about a wide range of topics happening in education. Time to educate us. Thank you, of course, for listening to the Educate US podcast. You can always be able to continue your support for the show, not just by listening to this episode, which we're glad that you do, but also comments five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave them on Spotify now as well. And of course, email the show, theeducateusshow at gmail.com. We are, I just looked at my inbox today. I'm still waiting for messages from more folks. So please do so. We'll be sure to read them on the air or on the recording, actually, because we are in a podcast, not a radio show. But uh, thank you, of course, for that. So we're going to jump into, we have a couple, we have a pretty just tight and really meaty agenda today for this conversation. But As I promised in the last episode, a practice I want to continue to do is stress humanity when we're together. So I begin that by going to my co-hosts and my friends for just a temperature check, how you're doing, what's been standing out this week, what's what's making you smile, what's making you kind of give the frowny face a little bit or just kind of like the WTF look, Um, all of those things. So uh, I certainly have a couple that I'll share toward the end, but I'm going to go to uh, my friends first. Uh, Patrice, I'm going to start with you. Um, What's made you smile and what's made you give the sideways look a little bit this week? Well, I had a number of competing deadlines, which is like the story of my life this week. So I don't know if it's a side eye as much as it's like, oh gosh, here we go again with the um, just layers of different things that I have to tend to, but you know, such is the life. Um, so I take it as par for the course. Uh, today is Friday, as you mentioned, Nick. And I was just saying to you all before we push record, I've been making a practice of keeping my Fridays light. So for me, that means minimal Zoom time and just as much time as I need to get going into the day and then tending to things that I need to tend to. You know, I have a lot of administrative tasks and, you know, things that I need to write and follow up on. So Today's been feeling really good, like a breath of fresh air. And now here I am with you all. So it's a really, really, really great Friday. Stacey, welcome to your Friday as well. What's been going on for you this week? And same question, what smiles and side eyes? Hmm. I guess, you know, I appreciate election day and voting and uh, everything that that can and does represent. Uh, so we had election day this week and that was wonderful um and then also celebrating my mom's birthday and my dad's birthday which was in September um but we celebrated by going to a Sixers Celtics game which thankfully the Sixers won (laughs) um and we had a lot of fun uh being together as a family and doing something really enjoy which is um being active outside but also um cheering on our Philly teams not sure about the side eye, Nick. I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, there's so many things I've given the side eye to. I, I, I feel like what's the one thing I've given a side eye to? I, I really can't. It's not front of mind. I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> wow. I'm so glad, Stacey, you just talked about elections. So Tuesday night for me, the three of us actually were texting about returns coming in. I don't have my information up in front of me, but what I do remember is Kentucky continues to stay with a Democrat governor and Andy Bashir. Ohio, with the passage of bill number one, as it relates to securing abortion rights as part of their constitution, 
and also Bill 2, which is the legalization of marijuana, which makes up the 24th state. So I, I guess I do remember a couple of things. State of Virginia, both the House of their their House and their Senate are both continue to remain Democratic in a complete rebuff of Governor Glenn Youngkin, you know, elected a couple of years ago. All throughout the country, we continue to see just a lot of momentum for Democrats. And, and folks, whether you're I don't care about your political affiliation and knowing ours fine if you want to. But what it does say is that those with policy, those with visions are the ones winning, regardless of your political stance. It is worth giving a side eye to bring that back for a moment to those who do not have a vision, those who just simply want to take away. And when we look at, for example, in school board elections, some of the most outstanding results that we saw related to members of organizations like Moms for Liberty that are continuing to take these L's. School boards across America are starting to come back and just really come back to forgetting politics for a matter, but right and wrong, specifically as it relates to organizations that are trying to take books out of schools or trying to play a larger role in the work that only a teacher is best prepared to do. Um, it was great to see parents, voters in general, standing up to it. And whether that or not, that's a precursor to 2024 remains to be seen. But um, certainly worth smiles for me you know, on Tuesday night. You know, in terms of something that gave me pause um, earlier this week, oh, a couple of days ago, actually. So my daughter, of course, is in third grade. And a conversation came up in her classroom about, you know, what women can be. And my daughter professed to want to one day, but she sees herself as potentially being a mayor or a, a leader or a president one day, which is awesome to hear just as a, a young woman being in a situation where she feels that that's possible. It first made me smile as a parent to my wife and I that, you know, we've created an environment where we've made that something we've never talked about, whether that's not available to you. Of course it is which does remind me of the fact that we certainly celebrated uh, when um, Kamala Harris became our vice president um, for, for many reasons. But, you know, that resonated really powerfully with us. But on the flip side, of course, she has some of the less, um, I don't want to be very pernicious about th third graders, but there was definitely a response that was misogynistic from some of her classmates about, well, women can't be in these positions of authority. And, Stuff that you would imagine hearing maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, still shows up in classrooms. So this particular part of what I share today is, is in dedication to you know, educating those who are not getting that point across to their kids. So if you take anything away from this episode is women are leaders. Women certainly lead. A couple of data points for you folks at home. First and foremost, as of September 2023, this is from my alma mater, Rutgers University, the Eagleton Institute. You know, research is telling us that of the six, 1,616 mayors and officials uh, who perform those functions in cities, towns in the United States, 25.8% are women. Not the most exciting number, but a reminder that there are certainly women in those positions. Now, remember, that's as of September 2023. In To my left, my colleague in from the great city of Philadelphia just had a woman win as mayor. So again... Nonsense. Of course, women serve in these positions. Um, nationally numbers, let's talk about heads of state. So uh, according to the UN, UN's Women's Division uh, for the United Nations, uh, 30 women serve currently as heads of state and or government and or for governments in 28 countries as of September 19th, 2022. This information, of course, comes from the UN. Now, in general, 
of 193 member states of the UN. 21% of women in heads of state serve as prime ministers. 26% um, of parliamentarians are as women as well. Countries such as, such as Bangladesh, Iceland, Italy, Aruba, Uganda, Samoa, are just some of the countries with women as heads of state. Embarrassingly, in the country that I was born in, as alongside my c- compatriots, we have not yet had a woman as president. In our lifetime, I imagine that will hopefully be rectified. And it's still a stain on this country. Although, to be fair, we couldn't figure out how to give women the power to vote as of, until as of 1919. And this country was founded essentially in 1781. So make with that as you will. I thank you all, you both, for giving me some space there to, to educate. Again, that's the purpose of this show, even if it means directing some of that energy uh, to some less than savory third graders. <laughs> I can't wait to play this clip for my kid later. Um, but that's what sits with me today. So now thinking of Stacey's, you brought up elections this past Wednesday. Now, my co- my co-host on, you know, can we please talk Mike Leon? We'll watch these Republican debates. I have no desire for it. I couldn't care less about them. In the end of the day, we know who's going to win the nomination. And for the most part, that party right now is not providing many solutions as opposed to just wanting to withdraw progress that we've made as a country such so much as such that one of the candidates decided to take a moment and talk about his views of education in this country particularly the department of education so for this segment today for educate us of he said what or whatever i would call this segment i wanted to play you all a clip from candidate vivek ramaswani um and his views on the department of education and then the three of us are gonna have a moment to um, really just digest that and share with you all what comes up for us when we hear this. So look, we have a crisis of achievement. Let's shut down the head of the snake, the Department of Education. Take that $80 billion, put it in the hands of parents across this country. This is the civil rights issue of our time. Allow any parent to choose where they send their kids to school. End the teachers' unions at the local level to allow public schools to compete. And then revive our national identity where every high school senior should have to pass the same civics test that, frankly, every immigrant, including my mother, had to pass in order to become a citizen of this country. And the fact of the matter is, look, there's a part of education policy that also rests with the family. I didn't grow up in money. But you know the word privilege gets used a lot? Well, you know what? I did have the ultimate privilege of two parents in the house with a focus on educational achievement. And I want every kid to enjoy that. So part of the problem is we also have a federal government that pays single women more not to have a man in the house than to have a man in the house, contributing to an epidemic of fatherlessness. So that was quite a mouthful, (laughs) but I'll save my remarks for later. Um, I thankfully sent this clip to to my colleagues before we had this conversation today because there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot of ignorance there. Spoiler alert. Um, and in this setting, before we can all respectively unload and sort of not so much make sense, because I think when presented with ignorance, it's not our jobs nor anyone's to try to rationalize that. But it's to confront it with truth. And it's also to confront it with an honest assessment of, what's really living underneath those type of sentiments. So with that in mind, Patrice, I go to you first. You, I played that, or I sent that clip to you earlier. You've heard it again. What sits, what sits with you when you hear that? What, what, if you were in, in able to respond to, to that candidate, what, what would have come up for you? There's just so, 
ridiculousness is the word so much ridiculousness that it was you know I so I want to say this um and I don't know if I've even shared this with the two of you I have become increasingly as I uh age uh politically apathetic and it is rhetoric like this that um essentially solidifies that for me more and more and more and we talked about this right like local elections I find more value in those because at least I know the folks that are really on the ground and going to have direct impact on my community I can use my voice to 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 elevate those folks who I know are going to represent me well once we start to get to the federal level or even the state sometimes but really especially the the federal level since you know we're, we're dealing with this uh presidential candidate I just start to lose it. Like, it's just, it, it it's mind boggling to me um, the type of um, phrasing that's used to basically speak to things without outright saying them, right? So when I hear this idea of uh, or single mothers, fatherlessness, I immediately think, oh, you're talking about black folks. You're just not saying it, right? But clearly that's who you're alluding to, at least from through my ears. Um, and there, to me, it's an attack essentially on um, difference, <laughs> which is what our country is supposed to be founded on, valuing difference, right? This whole idea of a quote unquote nuclear family. And like, I grew up in a quote unquote nuclear family, but I know tons of people who didn't. And they're amazing in all of the ways. They had all the opportunities that they needed they had all the family support that they needed. And even if they didn't, they were able to be resilient and get the resources that they need, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And regardless of whether they did or they didn't, there is no one right way of being, right? And this to me is what at the heart of what he was saying. All of the rhetoric that he spewed talked about essentially this one conservative, ultra conservative way of being that is valued over others. And it's appalling to say the least. It's, I was like, just disgusted. I was almost like, I, I can't even take this seriously. Like you're not a real person, but you are. And that's the thing that is like alarming. You are a real person. You have a huge platform. People not only listen to you, but are more prone to agree with you because of your position of power. And that's what's so scary about um, all of this for me. So yeah, I, I, I can't even, I want to leave space for the two of you, but there's, there's just so much there. I just don't even, yeah. Just too much, too much. Stacey, what about you? So many thoughts at once. I mean, sometimes when I'm listening to this level of rhetoric, I try to imagine the people in the room when they're creating this. And I start to wonder, what are they thinking? Like, are they looking? I, I somewhat imagine they're looking at polling data and they're looking at things that get people upset or get people rallied up or whatever it might be, right? Um, like appealing to people's emotions because that's what gets people to action, right? Whether or not they recognize it. And so are they looking at that and then they're saying it? Do they really believe it? Do I care if they believe it? I mean, yes, I do because it's kind of like, okay, really? Like this is where we're at still having these conversations. So there was a little bit of that, like, and I almost imagine a comedy writing room like this isn't for real can this really be happening <laughs> like is this really being said on tv like two lots of people and the thing is what the other side of that is 
people really do think about this, think these things. Otherwise, they wouldn't be saying them, right? Because they're trying to appeal to a body of voters. And and I have heard people say really ignorant, misinformed things about what people are paid, right? And that coded word for really, you know, black and brown people who are receiving welfare or WIC or whatever it might be to support their families. And by the way, they're there are also lots of white families on those services as well, right? And so there's this very misinformation about that. And I actually had this conversation recently with someone because they're telling me like, well, they're food stamps. They have so much food stamps and they can come in and they can get food because they're talking about someone stealing food and da, da, da. And I said, yeah, but some people have to sell food stamps to pay rent or pay the heat or, you know, there's, this is, and when you go to work, because of the taxes and because of childcare and because of X, Y, and Z, like work isn't really paying anyone to get ahead. And so there's like all of these under, like so many societal issues there that people don't want to talk about. So what they do is they like find that thread that's going to enrage people and like pick that to talk about, right? And still spread misinformation. And and then there's the misogyny, Nick, that you talked about, right? This idea of what? <laughs> there's so many elements of what? Why? Like, I love my father very much. I have a wonderful relationship with him. I feel very privileged to have had, you know, um, him in my life. But I, I, that we don't need a man. We don't need a man and woman together to be raising us. And there's so much about that that is also speaking against the LGBTQTI plus community, right? It's like this gender role thing that is like we talked about last week. Um, we continue to talk about of what is a woman's place, what is a woman's right is out of control. Like, and perpetuating that is really awful and and sorry I have a little more to talk about but okay <laughs> Nick is motioning keep it coming so I want to circle back though to the educational points there and speak to uh this clip that we want to play for you uh there is a comedian going around to local board meetings and um presenting ideas these these very outrageous ideas similar to this presidential candidate <laughs> um and he's presenting them in a way when you're first listening you're like wait is he what is he saying and then you understand that he's being ironic right and he's pointing out the ridiculousness of this rhetoric um and so we're going to play this clip now a second grade teacher thought it was appropriate to teach my child about pronouns pronouns <laughs> I was taught that there are only two pronouns, but thanks to the woke left, there are now a hundred pronouns. I confronted the teacher and said, and uh, I, sorry, do you want me to start over? I confronted the teacher and said, in our house, there are only two pronouns and that they need to respect our beliefs. As a patriot, I love freedom of speech. Who loves freedom of speech? You know, it's, it's, I love freedom of speech, um, except when it comes to pride flags in schools, teaching history. Um, uh, there's a whole list of books I want to ban from the school library. Um, I want to ban kneeling at football games. Um, you know, the you know, point is we need to protect our children, okay? Which is why we need more security in our schools. We need cops patrolling the hallway. 
We should also hire cops as teachers. And, um, and the students, they should also be cops. Like in uh, 21 Jump Street, who saw that? Yeah. I'm here today because I care about children. I care about children so much that I'm against the WIC program, universal pre-K, uh, any form of gun control. Um, I just, you know, I'm going to end out by uh, just giving a big shout out to school choice. Who likes school choice, you know? It's a great way to take money out of public education, put it into private companies. It worked so well with private prisons. So I want to kick it to you all and just ask, like, what were some of your reactions when you listened to it? And one thing I want to note is that this comedian is saying this is his form of nonviolent protest. What a beautiful sentiment, right? Of like, so just want to kick it over to you all, though, and see and, and hear what you all thought about it. So I actually had to listen to it twice because I was like, what? And then I realized like, oh, it's a joke. Cause I read through, but I, I skimmed cause I was like multitasking. So I was like, oh my God, what the hell? And then coming off of the other clip, which we just pay played, I was like, we live in a crazy place. We just do. I, it's just more and more solidified for me each and every day. But then I realized that it was basically satire and, and, and comedy. I was like, this is brilliant, brilliant. My, <laughs> my favorite part is when he's like, yeah, I, I'm uh, freedom of speech. You love freedom of speech. Yeah, me too. Except when, like, it, it was just brilliant. It was brilliant. And as we were saying in our, our text thread, like sometimes when you just face with ignorance, the best thing to do is just make fun of it, laugh at it, right? Find joy in it because otherwise you may end up crying and pulling our hair out. So I thought it was brilliant. I'm reminded of there was a, there's a, there was a person who joined a, um, uh, like an anti-abortion protest. And he's got a megaphone. He's walking alongside folks. And he's being filmed, and you know, as they're saying, you know, their their respective rhetoric, you know, he's chiming in with just very outright misogynistic tropes. He's doing it intentionally, and even the protesters start to look at him funny as, well, that's not what we believe, but of course, it's what they believe. It's the natural conclusion when you have that. When you oftentimes when we talk about denying a woman's right to you know, reproductive health care. That's what you're basically saying. So he's just putting it out on the table. And that's what that clip sounded like to me is if we're really going to unpack how crazy this all sounds, let's just take it to the umpteenth extreme because that's where we're going. And there's something brilliant about that because rather than trying to, we're in a place now where when we try to retort or try to respond to ignorance with facts, we're now in this really dangerous place where people will even question the facts. You know, flat earthers will say to you, well, well, how do you know the world is flat? And while there's volumes of science, they don't believe any of it, clearly. Like, that's how that's their get down. But if you were to try to extend it to some absurd argument, it is after a while to even the person who really believes in this stuff to hear this and say, well, wait a minute. If what I believe is true to me, do I also have to subscribe to that? And if I do, is there a logic flaw? Because like, that's what you want to do. You want someone to really come to a conclusion of, well, what I've always held true to be held to be true, there is a design flaw to this, right? And that's, I, that's why I find it's genius. But it, it's also, it's also the perfect response to, you know, we're seeing school boards becoming these hubs of just ignorance of so for someone to come there and provide the counter to it, I think is the most logical thing to do. Because it also speaks to presence, you know, Patrice met, mentioned this earlier about local elections. Like, this is how you show up, folks. When there are school board meetings, the opportunity to get there 
and be able to say, speak your mind. But if you want to just be, you know, combat, you know, these wild things that we hear from the Moms for Liberty folks and people like that, that's a perfect, perfect way to respond to it. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. We talked about, you know, earlier the, um, you know, the first clip we'd played from Vivek and a couple of things that stood out to me. Most of you both hit on. Um, and I appreciate you both peeling back the layers of the coded language because it's important that we, we understand that when certain terms are mentioned, fatherlessness being an example, or women benefiting from the government for not getting married, that, it's, that this comes from a place. This comes from a place that is based on the principles of seeing women as less than, particularly women of color. And Stacy rightfully brought up the fact that when we try to downplay or insult government-funded programs, it's the perception of, well, it's because people of color, particularly black people, are benefiting from this and it's taking from white people. It's like, well, wait a minute. The numbers will tell you that, it's, that people all over the country take advantage of these benefits in terms of being recipients of them. To tell me that the percentage of people who make about 13, 14% of the populace are the ones receiving these, like taking most advantage makes no sense in any mathematical function whatsoever. So clearly that's not what the problem is. It's the fact that you're just not comfortable with a black person receiving any form of government benefit. And I appreciate if you just be open with that. At the same time, so when I hear the idea of a nuclear family, my dad's not the product of one. I mean, his father passed away when he was three. So he was raised by his older brothers and his mom and eventually sent off to a boarding school. Turned out fine. You know, had, you know, became an engineer, has two kids. My college roommate, father was not around, raised primarily by his mother, Columbia, Columbia Law School graduate. I know of a family actually where Stacy lives, um, two parent household, but both parents are women. And I know damn well that when Vivek says the nuclear family, he's talking about the presence of a father. And in fact, he said it. I'm not even trying to diagram this. He said fatherlessness. There's no, there's no identified male in that home, but there's tons and tons of love and intelligence and respect for two young ladies who are going to turn out just fine. So I hear all that and I'm, and I'm just angry because it is soaked in a rhetoric that is geared towards a heteronormative idea. That is to say that people are less than if they fit a particular model. Um, I'm particularly embarrassed because, because Vivek is, is of Indian descent like me. And, you know, there's a certain level of like, similar to when, you know, Kamala Harris had become vice, pre vice president to, to explain to my daughters who are, who are both half Indian as well, that this is possible in this country that this is possible for you to see someone on that stage who looks like me um, completely come from a background or be absorbed or take in this hateful verbiage and that that's our representative being put out there saying this stuff. 
it's really offensive. And a few of my, you know, a few of my indie friends, I texted and just sort of shared that with them, you know, after I heard the clip the other day and throughout his candidacy, because this is what he's been doing. Um, but just talking about in matters of education, well, one of the most ironic things I heard was the idea of a civics assessment for students, which I, I do believe we should have more of a, a thrust in civics in history class. At the same time, you cannot tell me with a straight face that you want to run for president, but you don't understand how finances work in terms of how, how unions are broken up, how teacher, particularly teachers unions, how funding works for families. The federal government cannot play any role in school choice. That's a state issue. The federal government cannot disrupt teachers unions. That's a state issue. If you're sitting up on stage running for the office of president of the United States, I would understand. I would appreciate if you know what in the hell you're talking about. Do you even understand the job that you're applying for? But he does it. He truly does it. So instead, you want us to get up on stage, talk about local issues of which you have no power nor influence over because you're a moron. You're just a bozo. You're an embarrassment to any Indian person for damn sure. But on top of that, you can't advocate for people to take a civics assessment when you yourself probably couldn't pass it because you certainly sure as hell can't understand what it means to be president of the United States. So everything he says to me is invalid. I'm reminded of that clip from Billy Madison at the end of the speech when the guy says, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul, because that's exactly what we all just witnessed. We're all dumber for having heard what he had to say. Well, Nick, also, when I think of that, you know, civics test and history, right? It's whose history, right? And we've talked about this many times on this show, right? Because then you get into a whole other issue of rhetoric that we consistently hear um, out of Republican nominees um, or candidates, rather, uh, mouths, but also out of those states, right? In Florida and the whole issue with the AP course, American history AP course. And it's kind of, it's like so layered, everything he's saying. He is clearly saying the things that some base of people want to hear while also leading into misinformation, like we talked about last week. Dismantling the Department of Education does not mean getting $80 million and giving back to the people. Right? There are things that the Department of Education does like, I actually want to ask, I wish I could ask him, what do you think the Department of Education does? Actually, I want to ask every single Republican candidate that. What do you think it does? Because you're talking about cutting the snake off. Like, what does it do? Uh, also, in that clip we played earlier, the comedian, you know, and Varick talks about um, the fact that he wants uh, school choice. Right? And you just spoke to that, too. Well, what is school choice really about? And, you know, that comedian starts to talk about, yeah, sure, let's take money away from public schools and give it to private corporations. Why not? That's not problematic. You know, like where, I, I just, I would love to have just some honest, comprehensive dialogues about these things. Sound bites, it's just too much, right? Coded language. It doesn't tell the whole story. So when when does that happen? And I can understand, Patrice, when you say you're politically apathetic, because it is, it gets kind of exhausting to run around in these circles. 
Uh, and when people really think about that, like, you know, I remember studying constitutional law and the first thing I say is your rights end where someone else's begins. Where is that reflection point in any of us, right? There, that's like the whole call to what does it mean to be in a community and respect each other and, and be together in that. The sobering piece of what you both bring is the reality that that this is this is for show, that this is a cartoon. Um, but as Patrice had brought up, you know, there's A, very real consequences, but B, they have a forum. Of course, we do too, but it's not nearly as promulgated as theirs at the moment. At the moment, I say. And that's the scary part, is that these things are said, I don't know what honestly this candidate or any candidate believes, but it's said to appeal to a base. And we saw, we heard forms of, we heard some applause with some of the things said. And again, while ignorant and completely incapable of a president being able to accomplish, it's what, it's what some of these voters want to hear. And that may well be the most jarring part of this is that ignorance is being met with welcome because it's, it's as Stacey, as you were talking about, it's what, it's what people want to hear. It's what validates, it's what they feel validates their existence. And I, it's always troubling because like I share a country with these folks. Now I'll save you all, both my friends and listeners, my whole spiel about the fact that as 50 states connected by currency and a military, we really don't really mat, like count as a country. And there's a larger conversation I could share with you all there, but we struggle to have a national identity when it comes to doing what is right. Um, and the product of that is, is someone like Vivek Ramaswamy. So that's our show today. Thank you, of course, for listening to the Educate US podcast. Proud member of Leon Media Network. Again, as always, listen on all different channels, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, podcast. Leave us a five-star review if you are listening through Apple Podcasts. The Educate US Show at gmail.com. The Educate US Show at gmail.com is the email address. Write us. Make sure your voice is heard. Thanks for listening.